in between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is your power to choose your response. And in your response lies your growth and your freedom. So that between stimulus and response, it's all about moving from a reaction to a response. And if we don't use breath, we end up reacting instead of responding. So that's the power of breath. I'm Esther, and you are listening to On Your Own, a podcast for Jewish girls living away from home. Each week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you confidently navigate life on your own so you can achieve real growth and independence and take ownership of this foundational stage of your life. For additional resources, tips, and to stay up to date on future episodes, sign up for the On Your Own newsletter, linked below in the description. Looking forward to spending some time with you today. And now, to this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to On Your Own. My guest today is Nicole Sorrell. Nicole is an organizational psychologist, CEO, business entrepreneur, and consultant. In today's episode, we discuss how to become your own observer, the power of self-reflection, the importance of self-acceptance, overcoming negative thinking, the advantage of being gentle with yourself, and much more. Before launching this podcast, I sent out a survey to a ton of young women who had recently left home for the first time to get a sense of what was important to them, what they felt what they were missing, their goals and challenges, etc. The word that came up the most again and again was growth, wanting to use their time away from home as an opportunity to grow. So I've been thinking a lot these days about personal growth, what it looks like to grow as a person and what tools and skills are necessary for growth. And one of the biggest things I've come to realize is that in order to actually be able to grow, you first need to know who you are. Because just as you, if you would want to grow a plant, you would first find out what type of plant it is before just dumping a bunch of water and sticking it in the sun. You also need to know who you are and what you need and what you're made up of so you can know what your best path forward for growth is. That is where self-awareness comes in. And that is where Nicole comes in. Nicole is the CEO of a company that educates employees in organizations all over the world about themselves, about their coworkers, using psychological and scientific models so that they can know their personality, their strengths and their weaknesses, their stress response, etc. In today's conversation, we go deep to find out what we need to have in place to be able to take an honest look at ourselves, to get to know ourselves better, become self-aware and ultimately to grow. Stay tuned to the end of this episode where we will be sharing this episode's giveaway that Nicole has very, very generously offered to three of our listeners. Three of our listeners, after entering the giveaway, will walk away with their own personal assessment because they will be given access to all these incredible assessment tools, as well as one-on-one coaching with one of Nicole's Lumina coaches to be able to see what they can do with this newfound knowledge about themselves and how they can apply it out in the world. This is literally worth hundreds of dollars. So definitely stay tuned till the end and hopefully you will enter the giveaway because it's definitely worth it. Okay, let's get to the episode. 
what does it mean to know yourself or to be self-aware? To know yourself. So for me, it's a lifelong journey to really know yourself because we change, we move, we grow. So depending on the phase of our life or even the situation we're in, there's like a reflection even to ourselves to know and answer that question of, of who am I? And I think that it's something that one can have a very like focused approach to. So you can um, have personality assessments, you know, who am I, what are my strengths, my weaknesses? And obviously that's my work with Lumina Learning. And that gives you a reflection back around um, all the talents and skills and capabilities you have. It tells you around what are your potential blockers, derailers, maybe weaknesses. Be aware of them. Which do you want to kind of delegate out and say, that's not me, but which do you want to transform and change? So that's just kind of one lens. Then there's other lenses, you know, who am I within the different roles that I play in my life? So for me, who am I as a mother? Who am I as a wife? Who am I as a friend? Who am I as a daughter? Who am I as a CEO? Who am I as a board member, as a colleague, as a team member? So there's so many different faces as a facilitator, as a coach. So there's aspects of myself that I show up in different places, in different ways, depending on different places. There's another part around who am I when I'm faced with different situations and different challenges and struggles? Like, I believe you only really know who you are on reflection. So, you know, the more you experience life, the more you tread your path, then you can look back and think, oh, that's actually who I am and how I show up in this scenario. So that's kind of like another part. So the first part is there are structured ways through personality assessments. And, um, you know, there's many different aspects of getting feedback around who you are. The second is around through how you show up, reflecting back. And then the third is, is being really open to feedback to inquiring, to being curious. You know, often when we get feedback, people are naturally very defensive. Um, It's very difficult. You know, we have a very, say, sensitive ego often. But as one develops in their emotional maturity or is on a path for growth, we're able to, you know, kind of stand back a bit and say, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. You know, why do you think I'm controlling (laughs) or aggressive or passive, whatever it is, you know, where do you see that? So the more we inquire, the more curious we are, we can see who we are through the lens of other people's perspectives. It's super interesting what you said, that you can only really know yourself upon reflection. Because when I think of self-awareness, I think of like, being able to almost watch yourself in the moment. But what I'm hearing you say is that it's more actually something that you have to look back on to really know. Um, It's interesting. So I, you know, I believe in really being present in the moment. So if you are present in the moment and you're using your five senses to fully engage in the world, you're not your own observer in that, in that moment. You're being, you know, you're engaging with the world. So, you know, afterwards, and that's the power of journaling and reflection is to then look back and say, oh, that's interesting. How did I show up then? Um, you know, I think we're constantly learning about ourselves. And I I believe that there is just this, 
what's the word, this kind of unending massive potential in every individual. And we often only just tap into a little bit of it. But as we're tried and tested and experienced and step into the world, we then uncover more aspects of ourselves. But I do believe in some ways, I'd say we even are limitless. Um, But until we're tested, we don't know that. And then the power of, as you're saying, you know, being in that present moment and being, you're not in also in that reflective space at the same time because you're just being fully. Afterwards, you can say, oh, that's interesting how I showed up then. And then, you know, if you want journals or just reflects or gets feedback, you start to learn about, oh, that's how I show up in these scenarios. What works? What doesn't work? Do I need to refine that? How did I feel in my body? Does this feel aligned to my soul, to my purpose? You know, did I come from my higher self in that moment or did I come from an ego perspective or did I come from fear or defensiveness? You know, we all know the moments where we are completely in flow and aligned versus moments where we are um, feeling a kind of a discomfort, a a dissonance. I think what you're describing is the difference between self-awareness and self-consciousness. Because to be self-conscious, I think, means to almost watch yourself in the moment, which is not actually a positive thing because then you're not able to be present, um, even though you are kind of checking out how maybe how you're presenting yourself. But then I would say, I guess, from what I'm hearing, self-awareness is kind of watching yourself and learning, but afterwards, in, in the moment being present and then afterwards looking back. Do you know, it's... I think it's quite complex and I don't think it's as clear cut as that because I'm mm, also thinking now that if you're in a moment, just say someone gets triggered and their their way of coping is to be aggressive, then what I would advise them is in that moment to try and move into your observer self mm. and to then actually see, well, how, how am I feeling? What's the reaction I'm getting around me? Is this actually aligned to who I am and how I want to be perceived? Is this aligned to my brand? And then I would encourage people to turn, to learn ways of coming back to their centered self. Mm-hmm. So sometimes there's movement and dance within a moment when you're out of sync. So it depends on level of self-awareness as well, because if you've been on the journey of self-awareness, if you know who you are, if you know your strengths and how to activate them. If you know your personal triggers, when you tend to react versus respond, then you're more able to have self-awareness actually in that moment, whereby you can constantly be tracking yourself to see how are you showing up? Do you need some adjustment or are you actually in alignment? So it depends around um, maybe the reflective piece is more around longer term growth and awareness. Whereas maybe a self-awareness is how do I tread on this planet? Like right now, what am I taking with me as I engage in conversation, as I sit in a meeting? And then we kind of keep coming back. I just, I, it's not linear. It's not straightforward. Mm. It, it's kind of a little bit like, you know, a wave. It's a, it's like, a, it's messy, but, and it's a, but hopefully a constant spiral upward, mm. not a constant spiral because we all drop at times as well, but it's, so I don't, you know, I, ha- I haven't really thought about the difference in terms of your your question, but it's a really fascinating one. And I'm just having a sense that it's it's more complex. I, I hear that. 
Yes. Self-consciousness, self-awareness in the moment versus afterwards. Um, and they probably both definitely play a role. I mean, to be able to show up the way you want to show up in the moment and maybe even change that would probably take some sort of reflection of the past time you were in that experience exactly. to prepare for the next one. So it's it sounds like it's definitely, definitely both. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, okay, so to be able to get to know ourselves, all these things that you said, like the triggers and our strengths, our weaknesses, the way we want to show up, how can we do that in a way that we can actually be objective? Because we we've, were born with ourselves. We've, we've been with ourselves for so long. How can we be able to see ourselves from just like a different point of view to be able to grow? I think it's due to intention and a willingness to grow and to become more aware of who you are. So I think intention is important because in order to grow, you need to be open curious you need to understand your ego put that aside and to engage others both to give you feedback that you can listen and hear and discover and explore further perhaps you need to take risks to put yourselves in different situations because it's only in those different situations that you know who you are and how you're going to respond if to, to be able to have that richness of conversation with someone, there has to be a deep level of trust and safety. People can only hear and inquire when they feel they can trust the space that they're in with the others and they can trust the intentions is there for growth. So once the intention and the safety and trust is there, anything is possible. So it's to be objective, it's recognizing that naturally, going back to the, um, you know, the threat response, you know, the caveman, we have flight, freeze or, or fight, that's our, our natural reaction. And in the same way that we can be attacked, any feedback, that's the internal, you know, neuro, neurological reaction. So it's like the amygdala hijacking, oh no, someone wants to say something to me. Or as soon as someone says, I want to give you some feedback, you know, we literally flip and yeah. the bits dominates and then we're, we're in fear. So it's really about how does one learn to calm with breath? How do we learn to come back so that we can be open in a space to receive feedback and then we can learn? So breath is a really powerful way of being calm, having the intention that this is not personal, this is for my growth. You know, if I get this feedback, if I can understand this other perspective, then I can learn and I can grow and I can be more, more than. So you know, I've been in the field of psychometrics and assessments for about um, 35 years now. And it gives me permission and it provides a safety um, for a setup for someone to be really open to learn and grow. And because we've got colored graphs and it's positioned in a way of saying, you know, we are all amazing, unique. We're on our path and we have strengths. Let's understand those strengths. How can we activate them? We also have weaker areas. You don't want to be jack of all trades, master of none. So you don't need everything. But we are all diverse, even within ourselves. Let's know where we're at. How can we activate, develop the strengths, but also own and be accountable for our weaknesses. And depending on those weaknesses, some we need to convert into strengths, some we need to neutralize, and some we can accept are our weaknesses and we don't need to change. So... Um, I think it's a forever journey 
you master one thing, you have self-awareness, and then there's something else that comes up. And in this world of challenge and uncertainty and a lot of struggle, we're constantly learning about who are we and you know, how do we show up in this moment? How do we activate our strengths to bring our light into the world in a more meaningful, deeper way? And, you know, constantly, if we can spiral and, and activate those, um, as well as know where we may trip ourselves up, then we're constantly moving just that one step forward. So what I'm hearing is that you need this space in order to be able to actually take a look at yourself and become self-aware and grow of safety and of trust and of having that, I guess, calm, being in a calm state to be able to receive that feedback. What is the connection between breathing and getting to that state? Because you mentioned the breath. So integrated into our work is a whole neuroscience understanding of the brain. And what happens is, as humans, we are so often in threat response. We're, we're looking unconsciously all the time for, for the potential of being attacked. And what we want is safety. So what happens is as soon as we feel threatened, we flip. And instead of our prefrontal cortex, where we can be in connection, focused, creative, agile in our thinking space, instead, our limbic system dominates and we are, that's where kind of more protection, perhaps fear, emotions override the rational brain. And um, it just moves us away from being in our center and being able to be open to feedback, to give feedback from the right place and to, to basically think. So the method of coming back and bringing our prefrontal cortex back is through breath. So if we take a deep breath um, or even if we distract, we were for a walk in nature, but just coming back to ourselves, we activate the parasympathetic nervous system, blood flows back to our brain, and then in that safe, it's again, it's about safety, really, not only safety in an environment, but safety within our own internal system. So breath creates that safety that we can then calmly engage and think and relate and connect. So that's why I often advise whenever someone's angry, mad, um, sometimes even hungry, you know, don't have a debate, don't argue, don't try and resolve something because it's not going to be your higher best self that's going to be engaging. It's like another part of ourselves that mm. comes forward and that tries to resolve things without us being in our grounded place. So breath for me is often a real underrated power formula to be able to kind of navigate this earth and be in your higher self and become more self-aware and be open to feedback and to operate from your higher self. It actually, you, you know, you, you mentioned earlier about the Viktor Frankl quote. Yes. Um, that's on our website. And, and that's really what it's all about. So the Viktor Frankl quote is, in between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is your power to choose your response. And in your response lies your growth and your freedom. So that between stimulus and response, it's all about moving from a reaction to a response. And if we don't use breath, we end up reacting instead of responding. So that's the power of breath and recognizing because we know that there's a capability of a response versus reaction. 
makes us actually accountable for our thoughts, our emotions, our relationships, our results in our life, because we can never use personality as an excuse or our hardships or our situations or struggles as an excuse. We always have a choice. And when you say breath, does this need to be like a breathwork practice in the morning? Is it in the moment when we're trying to realign ourselves? Like, how would that practically look for someone who wants to say, okay, I want to incorporate breath to help me to become more aligned and in tune and self-aware? So I think it's in the moment. It's especially when we're aware that we've been triggered or hooked or we're feeling unhappy or sad. It's just creating a practice where we breathe in deeply through our nose, maybe for five seconds, hold for a moment, even smile because that activates other hormones. And then we just release like a sigh out through our mouth. So breathing, always breathing in through your nose, five counts, hold, smile, and then like a deep sigh out, like just to release a longer breath out if we can, and just, it's, it's, you can just release the shoulders, release the body. And sometimes what helps is even just literally saying a word, like I'm breathing in peace, I'm breathing in calm, whatever it is that you need, and just releasing out all the stress, just breathing in what you need, and breathing out. And sometimes I also breathe out a positive word because it's still, you know, and I see it filtering through my body. So I may breathe in breath, peace, and then breathe out kindness and love. But just take one word in, smile, and breathe out. That's awesome. And definitely accessible to everybody. You don't have to start a whole meditation practice mm. or something crazy. So that's really helpful. Yeah. So what I'm thinking of when you mentioned the safety and trust is that this podcast is for girls who are living on their own, where they're in a new environment where maybe they don't feel so safe yet, not even because there's a threat, because they're just constantly in new situations that they haven't been in before, or they're not with people that they're used to. And on the one hand, it's this incredible opportunity to experience new things. It's also an incredible opportunity to grow. And a lot of girls really want to grow, but sometimes it becomes so all-consuming just trying to adjust to the new environment and get uh, your bearings that you can almost forget that there's this whole inner world that, you know, that there's about this growth. And what, what advice would you give to a girl who is in a situation like that, who really wants to grow, but is also just very consumed with this new place she's in? So look, everyone's situation is different, but my advice would be just don't try. Don't try so hard. Just a few things. One is know yourself, know your beauty, your perfection, your magnificence. Like look in the mirror, see your soul you know, beyond your physical body and just be able to connect to your soul and say, I'm okay. And then as you develop from I'm okay, it's like I'm enough. I'm good. You're like, wow, I'm actually pretty amazing. Like, I'm independent. I'm living my life. I've taken risks. I'm an adventurer. I'm a warrior, a graceful warrior. I am love. I'm awesome. Whatever it is, but just start building. And it may sound crazy to say these words, these kind of mantras, but if you can look at your eyes and see your soul beyond And just know that in yourself, you're perfect as you are. There's no 
body you, you know, person other person that you need to impress or situation that you need to win just if you can just connect with the truth of your unique magnificence that you're a child of god that you're a princess that you're perfect who you are and then my advice would be just go gently if there's stuff that practically you need to organize in your new home write a list one by one just say okay what am i going to accomplish today what would be a win you know what phone call do i need to make like set very realistic goals even easy goals that you can just tick off one by one no rush you know in your in the way that you know you can do it so one one thing is ground structure tick things off get things done another thing would be who can support you you may be living alone but you are surrounded at so many levels by your family who love you by your friends that maybe you haven't spoken to for even a year or whatever but you can call them there's people you know who will be there for you the spiritual level you are always surrounded by angels god is holding you we are so loved we are so supported we are never alone and the value of having space versus aloneness the beauty of space where you can play your music read your book turn on your light dance like nobody's watching you know these are all powerful things so i would say just look at what you have and be in gratitude another thing is especially right now is to look at where can you help others what can you do you know if you haven't got energy to even think about and if you're an overwhelmer about yourself you know put the spotlight outside of yourself there is so much need right now and just focus on what can you do so i'm saying that but also aware that we need balance and that we are responsible for self care so breath is one of those but there's walking there's you know being healthy exercise eating you know eating well making those phone calls checking in with people who love you you know being a responsible person in this world the you know responsible ability or responsibility ability to respond you know we're responsible to take action even if we don't feel like it hmm. responsibility ability to respond but it's also around knowing that there'll be some days that will be a complete mess up and that's perfect you know whether we want to have a binge day or watch tv no exercise and just cuddle up and be warm and not speak to anyone fine <laughs> but it's about overall within your week are you being responsible around your eating your exercise your calls your self love love you're receiving love you're giving you know just it's all about going gently and never setting goals that are impossible you know if you're setting goals i've got to do this this and this and this and they're just not it's unlikely to be achievable you need to go back to your goal setting and journal think okay what's the one thing i really want to accomplish today or this week that i can say yes i've moved forward what's the one thing i want to accomplish this month or this quarter or this year you know and i think it's wonderful when people can say that there's just one big thing that this is reflects a growth that i'm moving forward in some way so when you the one of the first things you mentioned was being able to look in the mirror and say that i am enough and i used to hear this when i was first on my own and i very much saw it 
as the opposite of growth, to be able to say I'm enough. Because what I heard was I'm giving up. That's it. I'm like, I'm enough. I'm enough as I am and I'm stuck with that. And I really resisted that. Um, being, you know, those looking in the mirror and being like, I'm beautiful. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm perfect. I'm enough. H- how can you balance that acceptance with also growth? So, you know, I do find that people can resist these mantras, you know, and think, you know, do I believe it? Is this something that I really feel is true within me? And my advice is always, it doesn't matter if you don't believe it. Mm. Right now, just do it. Just like look in the mirror, say it, do your best to feel it, and eventually you will become it and it'll become obvious. Like, mm. Yes, of course I am. And once you know it and you're able to find your voice because you know your power, everything around you around you just energetically will change people will be drawn to spend time with you situations will just arise that are unexpected that are positive so i really believe it's just envision where you're going what's your brand who do you want to be how do you want to show up what kind of friends do you want around you that's really important is to hang out with the right kind of people who you hang out with is what you become so choose your friends wisely choose your work environment wisely and if it's not feeding your soul if you're not being uplifted i would say move on family you're stuck with friends colleagues you're not but Mm. they're important and especially when we're in a low place we need to fill ourselves up with a good energetic space when you're feeling good about yourself, you're then also so much more open and available for growth. Because you know there's no judgment. And as we know, we are our own worth self, you know, we're, we are our own worth critic. So if we can get beyond that critic and love ourselves, then we can kind of go gently. We move forward. We listen to feedback. We ask for feedback. We maybe challenge our, ourselves a bit more. We inquire more about who we are. And then we start growing. Well, we're always growing. We're always learning. But again, going back to that willingness, that openness, that desire. I've I've seen that for myself, that that self-acceptance didn't ever turn into um, that giving up that I thought it it would. Um, I used to think that judgment was the best motivator for change and growth but um yeah as you said we're our own worst critic and then we we become closed because we're scared of our own self almost and then we can't even find the opportunities to get better yeah yeah that's very and I'm, i'm interested when you say like like the challenge of being good enough and how you felt that was like a giving in like is that is that is being good enough enough yeah yeah, I saw that specifically like with. What, what um, was that? Yeah, I think it was for me specifically when it came to things like body image, um, and how I looked. I saw it as like a personal responsibility to look um, different than how I did, and that it was on me. And so I thought, if I look in the mirror and say, "You look great," then I'm not going to have any motivation to actually 
okay. change the way I look. So it was for me, it was a very, it was almost like I'll, if I, if I'm happy with myself, then I'm going to give up on all of the pushing I've been doing to myself to be better, to look different, to look great. Um, yeah, that's how I saw it. Okay. Thank you. So you're saying there's an association be- bet- between acceptance and motivation. If I yeah. accept this, I won't be motivated to change. Yeah. And I suppose on that, you know, that that's just also just another story that we can make up, you know, and you choose to either live into that or not. So you can say, I'm absolutely, you know, if someone is, you know, very overweight based on their standard, they can love themselves and love every fold and every little bit of cuddliness and say, that's how I am right now. And I'm going to love every bit of that because that's me. Okay. Next year, maybe I want to, you know, lose five kgs um, because that will make me healthier. But right now, I'm going to love every inch of myself and I'm going to just revel in that warmth of what I am. And I think it always takes acceptance before we then choose, okay, I've got this, a muffin or a carrot. What do I choose? You know, and, and I think we're more free to choose the carrot if there's no judgment. Hmm. You know, because most people, I think, looking at weight, it's around, you know, we use food as a, um, as a way of giving ourselves warmth and love, you know, to fill in a, a hole. But if we filled in that hole already with self-love and self-acceptance, we make, can then make choices that are independent of the food based on actually what we really feel like. So if we mm-hmm. feel like that muffin right now from a healthy space, gosh, enjoy it. But actually, if it's coming from I'm down, depressed, I need it to fill in that hole, it won't fill in and then you'll probably need 10 and then we just, you know, there's no benefit of that. So we've got to keep just coming back to love ourselves exactly as we are right now, but ideally move into conscious choices. Mm. And if we're, you know, the, the other big thing I know for myself around eating, I would only eat the bad stuff when I'm tired. So at night, because I, yeah. I've lost my resources, I've lost my resilience. So instead, yeah. I now, in my older years, realize if I'm tired, sleep. <laughs> That's what I need. <laughs> yeah that's a hard that's a hard decision to come to it takes years I think to (laughs) or kids to get you to that place (laughs) if I'm tired I should sleep yeah and sometimes I'll have the chocolate and the cup of tea and I'll watch you know a movie in bed and that's also okay because it's again about balance if there's one moment where I've made a healthier choice that creates a neural pathway in the brain creates new habits it's wonderful and I can celebrate that and the other times yeah it's what I need perfect right (laughs) It's very interesting. It's all about not judging ourselves, just loving ourselves again and again and again, you know, and that's when the observer comes in. Oh, okay. That's what you do in these scenarios. Okay. Right. Well done. You're doing what you do. Do you want to make a different choice? Are you up to it right now? Yes. No choose. Hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like our choices, real choice can only really come after self, self-acceptance because otherwise all of our decisions are motivated by that hole that you were talking of that's waiting to just be told like yeah. you're enough and then we're not even making the decisions and the choices for growth that are best for us yeah so yeah it's a hard it's for some reason for me I don't know it's a very hard one to come to that that acceptance of where I am right now is the best thing for my growth instead of that judgment and that negative motivation um, I'm always coming back to, coming back to this realization again and again in different scenarios it just always comes up Something that I use a lot and say a lot, and I believe this deeply, is that we are all fallible. We are not perfect. 
You know the word imperfection or imperfect, apostrophe after the I, I'm perfect. So imperfection is perfect. Now, because I know for certain is that I will always mess up. I will always make mistakes. Now, if I know that about myself, it takes away all my judgment of others. How can I possibly judge anybody else if I'm someone who's always, who would equally mess up, maybe in a different way, but definitely in some way. So there's something wonderful about just being open to making mistakes, being awful, saying the wrong thing, eating the wrong food, being clumsy, whatever it is, it's fine because that's what it means, you know, ultimately to be human is to do brilliant things, to go beyond ourselves and our brilliance and to mess up. And in fact, in from a professional perspective, when I work with strategy and developing teams, I absolutely encourage them to fail. I encourage them to make mistakes because we know it's only in the breakdown where brilliance can you know, really be created. Mm-hmm. So you know, for me, equally, if someone's done something brilliant, celebrate it. You know, well done, fantastic. Let's acknowledge and celebrate the greatness. But when there's a mistake or a failure, let's have a group huddle. Let's look at this. Let's dissect it. Let's explore. What can we learn from this? What's the opportunity? And I think one can take that same approach to everything. Okay, okay, right now I just messed up. I said something without thinking, it was mean and it hurt someone. What's the learning? What can I, what's the opportunity now for me to learn about myself? And where did that come from? And now how am I going to heal it? How can I use this as an opportunity to even deepen my relationship with that person through an unpacking and understanding of what part of my ego was involved that made that decision that now created this you know, blocker in the relationship. You know, everything has the opportunity for growth. You mentioned earlier knowing our stress response. Um, what, how can we, first of all, know, like, get to know how we react when things are not going the way we want or when we're very stressed? And why is that helpful in, in growing, knowing how we respond to these situations? Interesting. So... I mean, I have the advantage of using the Luminous Spark portrait because that tells you exactly your overextensions and what happens when you're under stress because we all go in very different ways depending on our personality. So that's very useful, number one. Number two is we just become, again, what we, this is how we started this conversation about becoming our own observer. So we can see and know how have we responded, how have we reacted in different scenarios. Now, sometimes we need to react strongly because that's where our power lies and that can serve us. But sometimes we react strongly in a way that debilitates us. And we we can absolutely know the difference based on how we feel in our body. We can ask ourselves kind of three questions. How did that impact my personal well-being? How did that reaction impact my the relationship? How did, how did it impact um, the outcome, the result or the effectiveness? Now, if it affected it negatively at any one of those three levels, we know that that's a, an unhelpful stress response. But literally, we can also just feel it in our body. We know whether 
that reaction was for good or not for good. Another difference that one can know is, again, being your own observer, did you consciously turn on that behavior because you believed it was necessary? Or did the behavior happen beyond your conscious rationalization? It just kind of, you just got triggered into it. It was a, it was a reaction versus a response. Hmm. And if it was a reaction due to a trigger, whether it was a look from someone or whatever it was, it's less likely to have been a have a positive impact than if you consciously decide to behave in that way. Um, I definitely find when it comes to leaving home, I've noticed everyone takes on coping mechanisms. Like there's no such thing as going into a brand new environment and not having these survival instincts. And I'm always wondering, like, how can we make sure that they're positive ones and not and not negative? Because so yeah. so it's so common for them to be negative and not representative of who we really want to be. What do the negative coping responses tend to look like for young single women? From what I've seen, um, it could go into all different directions. It could be just anxiety popping up. And that's very common. Um, overthinking, um, like everything. Decisions becoming almost paralyzing. Um, it could be perfectionism. So like having, like that was for me. For me, it was everything had to be perfect and in my control because my life just felt so out of control um for some it could be just like comfort things like binge binging on on the internet or on food like distractions and just running away from the reality of things um for, yeah it, it could it could it could go into addictions but yeah I think it's really from what I've seen it's like almost perfectionism and the need for control distraction or like overthinking and and, and anxiety yeah, that's so interesting. So I'm wondering whether, you know, being in community, you know, young people coming together to be able to share. So what you're creating here with your podcast is so powerful because, you know, you're creating a space for people who can relate to these core issues to come together um, and to feel heard because a lot of it is just expression and to be heard and you're reflecting back their experience, which is so powerful. Another part of this, and I don't know if you do this already, but is there a way that you could create a space of, of connection, whether it's online through Zoom or physical, mm. where yeah. these young women can just come and say, just, this is what's happening, like a bit of a splurge. And this is what's so hard, yeah. where they can laugh and cry and complain yeah. and learn and grow together. Yeah. So that is, that is my ultimate goal of the podcast. Yeah. Is to create some sort of community right. out of it, because I think when it comes to all of these things that come up, the awareness sometimes can only be seen when you hear it from somebody else. Cause you're so like stuck yeah. in your own, when you, you hear, Oh, she's struggling with that. Oh, I think that I am also like, that's something going on yeah. for me. It could be so, it could be so helpful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just yeah. thinking, I can think of like a big whiteboard or like everyone just, or on post-its, everyone writes down all of their inner talk, the negative inner talk, you know, mm. I'm rubbish, I'm stupid, I'm too slow, I'm not in action, I'm alone, I'm lonely. What all the different things that come up for them and to and then to put them on one big wall and then to cluster them and to see all the commonality mm. and then to step back from that and to actually laugh and to say, we're fascinating creatures, aren't we? Yeah. You know, that we can hook onto these thinking that actually who needs enemies when we've got ourselves? And then the, the power of the mind to understand that when we have this negative thought, 
we have a you know we can either build on that by bringing you know by harnessing it through feelings through additional stories so what could become a thought which is like a fluffy floating cloud that we see it coming and you let it float on can be anchored into this heavy storm and you know we can kind of concretize these negative things mm. if we keep building on them so the the opportunity of growth is to see when these negative thoughts come to us to slowly say step back a little bit and say okay this is I yate sahara i see you you're not me you know i i see you i don't need you anymore so when they say you know um you're rubbish or you're not good enough like i see that but i am good enough you know like i'm beautiful i'm so okay and i know it's hard but as they come it's all about weakening the hold of these negative thoughts because the challenge is when we build on them and we create more stories around them and they anchor that's when they become bigger and bigger but if we mm. can catch them even if they're already anchored we can weaken them you know i see them as often like these anchors or chains that are keeping us rooted like into the earth mm. and as we see them and we see where they come from we work on our core limiting beliefs and we understand you know there's lots of work that we can do but we just loosen the chain and then we look at it and then we unhook it and say thank you you know you've enabled me to get to where i am today but i don't need you anymore we unhook it and we throw it away we loosen these chains of this negative thinking and we slowly come back to self and we start feeding ourselves with positive thought positive words we retrain our mind you know they talk about the horse and the rider you mm. know the horse is a mind with the rider how do we take control of that how do we direct our mind in a way that can serve us and it's work and it's building new habits like we know the brain is so malleable we have to use the power of neuroplasticity create positive habits constantly every day and that's really what the mantras do it's creating new that's habits new pathways it constantly get fired mm. negativity we breathe we come back to self every time we return to self we build another neural pathway another kind of trigger an impulse mm. that eventually strengthens and strengthens and then we blossom into this beautiful butterfly that can fly <laughs> anywhere that can do anything that attracts the right kind of people that smiles that's in gratitude that's in action you know without too much expectation because i keep going back to go gently yeah why is that why should we go gently there's a lot of pressure when you're young that like now's the time to figure yourself out, build yourself up. So what's the advantage of actually taking it slow and being gentle? Because in going gently, in taking breath, everything will happen in time. The opposite of going gently, which is anxiety, pushing, speed, can lead to paralysis and going nowhere. But going gently gives you the permission to just be and when you just be you're activating your prefrontal cortex you're in breath you're in connection you're connected to your soul you can then be guided you can listen to your truth to your higher self you know that right now you know what's my truth where do i need to be you know so often i think that 
when there's pressure to push yourself too fast and maybe parents are saying, you know, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, you've got to get your degree, you've got to get a job, you've got to earn money. We become reactive and we do what appears to be or make a choice that appears to be the right choice for the wrong criteria. So often I've seen people do a degree, they invest three years of their life and they realize this is not what I want for myself. And then they spend another three years doing something else that's more aligned to their truth. So if you are being too fast or coming from a place of reaction, you're unlikely to make decisions that are aligned to your soul. Mm -hmm. If you go gently and you breathe, you can make decisions that are aligned to your truth. And it will actually save you time in the long term. Wow. There's a brilliant book called Rest. It's a blue book. I can't remember the title, but I, I know that it's, I loved it when I read it. Um, and it's all about the power of no thing, of doing nothing. You know, that's where results actually are come into place. That's when you can be creative and think. You know, we're so lucky as Jews to have Shabbat where yeah. we can have a day of peace of mind where we're actually not allowed to think of work or anything. We can just keep returning to self. We just stay in connection to God, connection to our higher self. And having that no time, that time off is a gift to then be able to have the energy, the resources, the creativity to go forward. So it's kind of keeping a little bit of that Shabbat with you all the time. And that's maybe coming back to breath coming back to that no thing, that breath enables you to stop, to pause, be your own observer. Where am I at right now? How am I being right now? Is it serving me? Is it serving my purpose? Is it serving my soul? Is it serving the world? And there's just another thought that, that I'd like to share is often people think that um, Fulfilling their purpose, being enough in this world is by achieving certain outputs, certain tasks, certain goals. I strongly believe that a purpose around self-love and becoming whole and complete in who you are could be your very purpose. Because I believe that if a person is whole in yourself, you are energetically sending ripples into the world that will transform and heal the world just in your existence, in your being. If you are whole and complete, if you heal who you are in achieving self-love and self-acceptance, that could be your very goal and that could be your purpose and that is absolutely enough. So maybe we don't need to run we don't need to strive. We don't need to achieve. We need to just be, come back to being, coming back to self-reflection, to journaling, to being our own observer, to creating beautiful relationships where we are loving, where we are loved, where we are connecting, finding more ways to give, to be kind, to be gentle. You know, the more we just focus on ourselves, the more sometimes I think anxious we can be. Whereas if you turn the spotlight outwards, what can I give as opposed to what can I receive? What do I see versus how am I being seen? 
all of these things, you know, what can I hear? Am I listening versus how am I being listened to? That really reduces anxiety because then it's not about us. It's about the outer world and all that energy and focus is on the outer world as opposed to how am I being seen? Mm -hmm. And that could be the most productive thing that you could possibly do. Like, we think of that as just like, oh, it's a side thing we need to figure out while we're hustling, but that actually might be the whole point. And so I guess sometimes we can mm. we can easily miss that. I have a, yeah. a an ending question that I that I ask my guests. Um, if if you so go back to the time where you left home for the first time, if you could tell yourself one thing, what would that what would that be? I've kind of left home many times in different ways mm. and each one is very different. So I'm trying to think what's the one thing. So words that come to mind is nourishment, nurturing, gratitude, smiling, being, and maybe just like it's enough. It's all enough. There's no place to be or see. It's it's breath. I you know, coming back to the mirror, I remember doing that, just really looking at mm. your soul and not being hooked or triggered by your body or your physical or your material. Just knowing that you are a child of God and that you are enough. And then whatever else happens is just a blessing as a cherry on the top, but there's nothing to achieve. You are good enough exactly as you are. And then finding spaces of that bring you joy, whether it's a walk in the park or good Pilates class or a beautiful friend or an old person who sits on a bench regularly and you just find a space to sit next to them and just to chat or be watching a duck on a pond or a flower or blooming, whatever it is, it just connects you to truth, to beauty, you know, to Hashem's world of magnificence, just to connect into that space. So that's why my word would be go gently again, go mm. gently, connect within, connect with nature. Thank you, Nicole. I have literally had a perspective shift <laughs> in this one hour about what it actually means to be productive and what it actually means to get to know yourself. So thank you. Congrats for making it all the way to the end of this episode. I hope that you loved it as much as I did. Here are the details for how to enter the giveaway. It's very simple. Whatever app you are listening to this podcast on right now, go to the top of the podcast and press share and share this podcast to your WhatsApp status. You can add if you want something nice about the podcast, only if you mean it. And then just send me a screenshot of the status to my number, which is plus 972, if you're out of Israel, 524848918. You can WhatsApp me a screenshot of your status and you will be entered into a raffle. I will be announcing the winners in two weeks from today on the 16th of January. Three of you are going to win a Lumina portrait, which is worth a ton of money. Employees in Nike and Fortune 500 companies have had the privilege of being able to get this portrait, which 
is an entire assessment that lets you learn about your personality, about your strengths, your weaknesses, your stress responses, as well as a one-on-one coaching session with a Lumina learning coach to be able to actually integrate this information and be able to know what to do on it, how you can work on your weaknesses and how you can build up onto your strengths. So I really do hope that you will join this giveaway and also that, please God, many more girls will be able to hear about the podcast this way as well. Thanks for sharing the love. I'll see you next week. In the meantime, happy adulting. Happy adulting.